Hey drivers, are you thinking about becoming a lease operator? Well, NCI is leasing out one to two-year-old Kenworth T680 double bunk condo tractors, fully loaded with APU and fridge, plus the company is owned by their own product. That's right, they deliver mainly their own freight, which means your business will be thriving for a long time to come. 844-311-7076. That's 844-311-7076. And tell them TalkCDL sent you. Please, thank you. Hey drivers, have you thought about becoming your own company? Have you thought you'd like to get your own authority and DOT number, but you just don't know how to go about doing it? Well, call JJ Keller and Associates. They can help you get the proper registration and credentials that you need to operate legally. They protect drivers from penalties and out-of-service orders as a result of not having the proper authority. They save drivers time by filing their paperwork and ensuring everything is correct. Drivers, they also help you with unified carrier registration, USDOT and MC numbers, MCS 150 updates, year-around authority monitoring, and plenty more. Drivers, if you're looking to become your own company and you want your own authority number and DOT number today, call J.J. Keller & Associates at 888-601-2017. That's 888-601-2017 and tell them TalkCDL sent you. Thank you. So, got a question for you. Throw it at me. I actually never, ever, it's kind of weird because I never asked you this question. Uh Uh-oh. Why do you say, oh? Because now I'm scared. Why are you scared? Because you've asked me a lot of questions over the last 20-some years, so to throw one out now is just kind of, when you said you never asked it, kind of scary. Okay. Calm down. I'm calm. Relax. Don't panic. I hate when you do that. No. It, no, it was just it was, super, it was a simple question. It's like kind of one that's really not that important, but... As, okay, just tell me. As we were getting ready to do a show here, uh-huh. I'm thinking, trucking, before you met me, were you ever in a tractor trailer? No. Did you have anything to do with trucking ever? <laughs> no. Was like anybody in your family in trucking? No. Like a di- <laughs> even a distant cousin? Nada. <laughs> that's, None. That's something, isn't it? Because like most people know a trucker. Like you never knew a trucker till you slept with one. I mean, till till you till you <laughs> till you married me. <laughs> no, but it's true though. Oh my gosh! But so you nothing to do with trucking at all. Uh-huh. Zero zip, not and no trucking, no nothing. Uh-uh. You just bought stuff that came on a truck. That's it. Exactly. Did you, did you ever like pull the air horn? Did you ever at least do the air horn as a little? You never did that. Oh as, no! As as a driver was going by, yeah, I hit the really. Yeah. Little girls. So usually little boys do that. So you've done the little, oh, hey, yeah. try to pull. Did you get any truckers to respond when you were a little kid? Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they say I look like a little boy when I was little. Well, they say that truckers that don't do the, you know, when they see the little boy doing the fist pump trucker pull horn, right, that, you know, they look away. Like most truck, the good truckers are like, man, I always blow. If there's a kid wanting that horn, I'm doing it. So did you get many? Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you get any that didn't? It's a, I gotta be honest. I remember being a kid, and like we would be standing on the side of the road, and like a trucker go by, and you'd like me and my buddies, we'd be like doing the pull horn, you know, and, and like truckers would go, and we'd go, yeah, and then every now and then like like a trucker go by, and he wouldn't even do it, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh. Loser. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't remember if we said loser, but but you, you yeah, kind of, I got to be honest with you, as a little kid, when I was a truck, a little trucker wannabe kid, you know, to not have the trucker give me back the, the, the return. And, you know, as you get older, you realize not everybody has time to pull the cord for every kid that wants you to toot your horn. But I don't know that many do it this in today's day and age. But back then, man, we were like, if we were standing there on the side of the street and there's a trucker coming, like when I lived on Main Street in Schuylkill Haven. So like me and my buddies, like if we seen a trucker coming down the road, man, we were like, hey, it's a trucker. And we would just start doing the horn. And most of those guys would go, you know, burp, you know, just a quick burp. But sometimes you get the the no blow. <laughs> the no blow. <laughs> no blow, Diablo. No, but seriously, it was. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just making rhymes. But no, seriously, it, it it's funny that you you think back at that memory and you go. You know what? That is disappointing. So for all you truckers out there, when you see a little kid, you know, wanting to, wanting you to jack that horn up for them, I, I think it's a good idea that you blow. Go ahead, Ruth, and say it. No, I agree. If you think about it, when you when you look at even when you see the old commercials like the America, you know all that, you actually do. If you think about it, the driver going down the road, the kids are all pumping their fist yeah. and they're pulling their horn. So. Bring it back to America, drivers. No, Pump but, your horn. But, no, but it's true, though. When you think about America, like to, to us middle-aged and older folks, that we're thinking there's certain things that remind you of that. Like like yeah. they say apple pie, baseball, the American bald eagle. Yeah, one of the things we I grew up with, remember that Indian on TV? That's like, what I was just going to say When that. Like the guy would litter. He just died. The guy, really, the yeah, chief. He just died. Oh, well, he was old even when I was a kid. Yeah. And he'd have a tear in his eyes when he'd see litter on the on the street. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, and here's another great American thing. Remember Yogi? Only you can prevent forest fires. Yeah. I mean, you know, just, and, and a that trucker. was Yogi, though. Who the hell was it? Oh, Smokey. Smokey. <laughs> oh, it, it was a, I knew it was a damn it was bear. It was an E. It was an E. <laughs> it was a damn bear. Smokey, Yogi. But, Yogi the, stole your picnic basket. And then there was the trucker, man. Mm-hmm. That was that was that was American. That was, the truckers are were right. Amer- as American as American pie when you blew the horn for that kid that wanted exactly. Yeah, don't take it away from the kids. They already some have. So, you know, I could see where in uh, certain areas, I'm like taking, right now, going down through Haven, if you would blow the horn, I think that they would probably drivers were probably told not to do that. Just like ambulances, you shouldn't go through with your sirens on, because people think, oh. You know, you blow your horn, oh, what's happening? And they slam their brakes on thinking that there's an accident. Some people, that's what their mentality is. Not that, you know, yeah, if they're I, paying attention, they would know that there was nothing going on but a kid standing on the corner. Yeah, but I, know. I think you're going too far with them because okay. I think a, a turt-turt versus a burp, you know what I mean? Oh, if, no, I'd be burp. Well, see, you don't do that for a kid. You don't, like, lay on the horn. You give them a quick burp, burp. You know, that's what you do for the kid. I understand that, too. I, I mean, I would want to go, but... Yeah. Okay. Actually, what I would do is if I had my own custom-made tractor, it would have a custom horn, and it would go, do-do-do-do-do. What, what color would it be, pink? You're a pink girl. You like pink. I do like pink. Yeah. But yeah. there's already pink out, so I'd have to go with purple. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Purple and gray. Okay. So let's move on. You know, I think we beat the air horn thing pretty hard there. Um, we tooted our own horn. I want to go back just for a second to, to the, we tooted our horn. I we tooted it. the horn too much. The, the uh, question I asked you, though, was you had nothing to do with trucking at all. You didn't even, you didn't even know a trucker? Did you even have a friend that was a trucker? Uh, no. Really? Nope. That's interesting. Like, a kid that I met when I moved onto the hill, his dad was an over-the-road trucker, and my grandfather was a trucker. I mean, like, why did this, is it ironic? Oh, like, trucker people meet other trucker people? Uh, might be the class you carry. Yeah, I wonder I, I wonder how we met, you and I. That's just crazy. In a bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how we met. There we go, man. See that? A trucker landed you. Right. No, I just, I never, I, no. Uh, everyone in my family was heavy equipment operators and medical. That's, that's close, not the medical part. I mean, if you go on the CB, there's guys on there that give you medical advice. They're supposed well, to be truckers. Lawyers, medical, Yeah, um, I've always said when you get on the CB, you never get advice from truckers. It's all doctors, la- lawyers, and politicians mm-hmm. wanting to tell you how to live your life. No, but that's honestly. That's because we're truckers. We know everything. My grandfather and my uncle were heavy equipment o- operators. Yeah, that's close. You know, my dad worked in the mine and... Yeah. Yeah, but your dad ended up being a state game game warden. Yeah, but that's when he retired. Yeah, well, that's what I knew him as, the game warden. Yeah, no, he retired. Yeah, okay. He worked for Bethlehem Steel. So moving on here for a second, you had mentioned uh, while we were off the air that every, you know, tomorrow is the official day that, you know, the with the corona, COVID-19 thing going on, mm-hmm. we have... Um, a lot of places that are opening. I think some places opened last week also in different areas. Right. But, but technically, let's just say between part of last week and tomorrow, which they obviously, by us talking about that, they know we're recording yeah. tonight. Oop. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Usually we're pre-recorded. And yeah. so, so, but anyway, so technically things are opening. And, mm-hmm. you know, to be honest with you, you know, like we had the... the uh, 
really, America really found out that truck drivers have it tough when it comes to being able to park, mm-hmm. being able to get things to eat. Mm-hmm. And so it really opened up a lot of eyes. This this opened up a lot of a lot of things for what a driver goes through. Right, and I think it's a blessing that that things are opening for the um, you know because we're we're talking about trucking. So for for the trucking industry, I think it's a blessing because truckers now can start sitting down inside a place and getting a hot meal mm-hmm. instead of having to hit the to go stuff and all this other stuff. But I I dare to say because I know a lot of truckers. And I'll be honest with you, the truckers, most of the truckers that I know, they're cautious mm-hmm. and they're very clean. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are. And so my guess is they're going to be sitting back going, eh, let's let, let's let the guinea pigs go ahead and start let going. Let the first wave go through. I'll take the second one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I think I'll sit this one out. You guys go ahead inside and eat. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get the truck. I believe a lot of truckers are going to sit back because a lot of truck drivers are smart. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of them are going to be like, you know what? I'll just take mine to go. and Let's just see if the spike comes. Because, you know, everybody's talking about, and this is what I wanted to say, be careful. Because, listen, the reason why it's it's getting better is because we've, you know, kind of just kept away from each other, basically the ones that were sick. But the one thing that's for sure, when if somebody has it inside of a building, it spreads pretty damn quick. It, it, I mean, it does. To catch it, at least, is pretty simple. Would you agree? Yes and no. Uh, okay. I mean, I agree, yes, you can catch it pretty easy when you're doing certain things. But I think, like you said, a lot of drivers are clean. So if you're, you've used normal hygiene, I think that just, you know, kind of washing your hands, using some hand sanitizer, you mm-hmm. know, that stuff there, that's not going to change, you know, when it comes down to it, I think that's what really has made a, uh, the great pr- precaution that brought everybody back to being basic clean, you know, cleanliness. Mm-hmm. The, um, I was reading the last two days. I, you can go on to, um, the government websites and CDC, of course, in your department of health. And you can actually see that the studies that they've been pulling on it to see as far as the survival rate of the, the virus itself, we already know it doesn't like high humidity, and they found out it does die really quick in the humidity. Um, they also did testing with the aerosols with like any kind of sanitation when you spray, like say um, Lysol or any homemade mixture of a sanitizer. It kills it like right away. So honestly, inside a building, when you see, you know how like when we when, when, before we moved when we would we would spray Lysol in our air conditioning area, you know, like in through the return and it would just pop out. Mm. If a lot of the larger department stores, like say Walmarts and Targets and grocery stores, if they would just throw some of that in there and it just kind of like through their, their AC ventilation system, dump out a little bit of sanitation. I think that would actually really help with a lot of the airborne portion of it inside of a building that's controlled temperatures. Why don't you throw a little slip into the suggestion box at Walmart, or don't they have a suggestion box? I don't think they have anything like that. I think even if they did have one, I don't think it gets opened. Well, you know, the the high humidity thing you said does make sense because I think Florida is the third most populated state in the United States. Mm-hmm. And we ended up being like 10th or 12th for people getting it. Yeah, it's a- you would think that because like we have some pretty big cities, Miami, Tampa, mm-hmm. Jacksonville is like I think land wise is the biggest city in the United States as far as land wise goes. Right. Uh, Tallahassee, Pensacola. Yeah, you have all the cities and and look at Gainesville, Cala, you know, mm-hmm. Orlando is gigantic, and yet we still did not, we still weren't up there in the top three, top five, even top ten. I don't think I think Florida fell off to like. 11th or 12th as far as overall people getting the the uh, COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Right, so so that would make sense with the humidity because we're definitely one hot and humid state. There's no doubt about that. Right. Yeah. And 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 un- unfortunately, with a lot of our our people that did get it, a lot of it was unfortunately, you know, some of the elders because we you know, everybody comes here to retire or they move south because of medical conditions. 
you know, how many times, like even with us, you know, I wanted to move south because I hated the cold weather. So a lot of people moved to it, and unfortunately those conditions end up helping helping increase the, the chances of them getting it. Well, I, I believe when you also look, and, and, and maybe nobody's said anything about this, but let me just point out one other thing before we move on. You see a lot of um, nursing homes mm-hmm. where, like, wow, 70, 80 of them got infected. You know what I mean? And if you notice what they were telling everybody in the beginning, don't come to the hospital, which, of course, I wouldn't want to run to the hospital because everybody has it there. But they were saying, don't come to the hospital. Don't go to your doctor. Call and stay calm and stay home and try to take care of it yourself, basically, is what they were saying. And so now you have people that are in a nursing home getting it, and they're not leaving. And then, of course, we've seen the illustration of just a sneeze next thing you know everybody's getting it in one building because it's like a cruise ship they're all inside the same building it's and 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 yet they're not being taken to the doctor a lot of times a, a lot of them were told to stay home yeah but nursing homes have doctors that come into them well i understand that i understand they have okay. the doctors that 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 come in there. i'm just saying but when if you have it and then all of a sudden you you have it right and it's a very highly communicable disease just by a sneeze and there's 50 people in the same floor as you and they don't have it yet well once you cough and sneeze a few times the particles are going in the air it's it's going to spread and next thing you know it's too bad they didn't have a way to isolate you in that nursing home because you're finding out that and I wanted to lead this back to truckers I didn't you heard a lot of reports of Meat factories, uh, 80% of people in, this, in a couple different factories got the COVID. In different places where they were all in the same building, um, uh, workers were getting it, okay? Mm-hmm. But you don't hear a lot of truckers getting it because they're out there by themselves. They're in their own truck, and you know dang well that they're going, I don't come to my truck, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and, and I know, and I'd like to hear from people, but I'm, I know a lot of people were telling me where, like shippers and receivers were, just basically... Don't even come in. We'll take care of you. Back it in the door. Blah blah blah. Which they could have been doing all along, anyways. Right. So a lot of truck drivers, believe it or not, and I'm glad. I'm glad for these drivers. They were really more protected mm-hmm. inside their own rig. The only time they're not protected is when they get out and they go around other people. Where if you're a trucker and you've got a fridge, freezer, an APU, you're self-sustained. If you're stocked up, man, you don't have to get out there. But I will tell you. People are going crazy by not having uh, interaction and being around people. And they almost get to see, the world is actually getting to see now how a trucker is. A truck driver is inside that cabin all day long. Okay, yeah, we love being out there. But still, man, when you're in that cabin all day long and you don't have a lot of interaction, you get a little bit lonely, you get a little bit like... Stir crazy to get out of that truck. Now, just imagine being a trucker, and you got this disease going around, and you get to a truck stop, and you're like, I can't even go in there now, you know? I wonder how many pulled out their CB again. Well, I hope it did promote CBs, because you were going to say something. Did I make you forget? No, well, with the nursing home situation, I think a lot of it, I mean, if the, the patients aren't leaving, that means it was coming to them. So a lot of the staff was end up bringing it in and visitors bring it in yeah. and infecting the, the residents that are in there that are already susceptible to it. So, but I think what another thing that they were having was one of the major issues is they were telling people false information as far as how the symptoms were. You know, first one thing they said is if you don't have a fever, you don't have it. Well, they found out, well, if you don't have a fever, you still can have it. So that was one of the things that they think that they, you know, they're telling people, oh, you're okay because you don't have a fever and you don't have this and you don't have that. But they found out not everybody has that same symptom. Um, okay. So I think that was some of the issues too, why it spread like it did, like you were saying, because they didn't want the ERs to be overwhelmed by a mass panic, but yet they still weren't giving correct information out. Okay, cool. So going back to truckers, okay. Um, what a blessing having this job. I mean, as some people bitch about it, some people don't being a truck driver, but if, if truck drivers would just sit back and, and think for a second, it's really a blessing. Okay. Not only to, to be able to do what we want and be out there, but also this job, it was a blessing to be able to 
be in my own cabin and not be infected by everybody around me. I mean, that's, I you have your own workstation on the road, and guess what? It's as clean as you keep it. That's 100% true there, right? Amen. So moving on, um, I wanted to talk about something. Uh, we started talking about it the other day, uh, but it didn't get on here. Uh, in fact, if you pull up CDL Life real quick, I was reading an article on CDL Life. It was about, uh, I think, OIDA had just uh, put out a, a, uh, uh, a warning and some kind of a, a letter about scrupulous uh, brokers. Okay, ripping truckers off. And now we know this. Uh, we know that there was a, a group the other day uh, that went to Washington and they were blowing their horn in the Capitol. We know that there was a group in Washington that was protesting, and it's all about the the low rates. And and I think one of the big things they're saying is it's not just the low rates because right now freight is down. Okay, and it's in bad times when it's really bad times right now. It's almost like gouging. Uh, you and I were talking about this the other day. You get a guy that's, uh, you get a gas station that's, uh, say, on I-75, and there's a hurricane in the in South Florida, and everybody's trying to flee out of Florida, and all of a sudden it goes from two bucks a gallon to ten bucks a gallon. And they get price gouging. And, and those guys get in trouble. It's the same with okay, we only have thirty gallons of milk left. Let's take that to five hundred dollars a gallon. I'm just, you know, just. Going overboard with my analogy here, but the bottom line is this: the brokers that are 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 sticking it up the trucking company's ass, and I'll say it that way. Mm-hmm. Okay, are and, and they should be investigated for the same damn thing when a trucking company can barely afford to operate because you're taking fifty percent profit or seventy percent profit. I'm not here to name names because I don't really know. I don't have proof of which. Brokers are doing it, which are not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to say every broker is a scumbag, but I know that a lot of them are scumbags. I will say that. Okay. And so when you when you there's a point to where there's a point where I've always said, look, nobody should be able to tell me what my profit is. If you're willing to pay, that's one thing. But if I have your if I have to hold your ass over a barrel with a, a knife to your throat. Because that's what it's like when there's no freight and it's take it or somebody else will type of an attitude mm-hmm. and you'll barely, you're barely going to make any profit and me, the broker, I'm making a million dollars. That should be wrong and that should be investigated. No, I agree. 100%. When you are not the person that's doing the work, why should you get 50% of that profit or of income or whatever you want to call it? You should not. There's nobody that does that. Well, the middleman, you know, that's where the, the that's where the middleman is. What it is, I, I think. I think shippers should invest more time into making relationships with trucking companies. I think trucking companies should 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 do their part in in uh, uh, you know having a good relationship with shippers and receivers. And and don't, I don't have a problem with brokers if there's if if there's like. I don't want to say a flat rate, but at the same time, my gosh, you got to leave room for these guys that are actually investing in the the $160,000 piece of equipment, the trailers, the fuel, the labor, all that other stuff. You come along and just because you get a contract with a shipper, you should make the big dollar. I, I, I disagree with that. I, I think you, sh- you have a right to, to make a lot of money. I Don't get me wrong because uh, you have something everybody wants. But at the same time, to hold them over a barrel, just like in a hurricane. These are bad times right now. Freight's been down. Freight wars have been going on. Uh, um, you have the tariffs to where, in I believe, in about right around October of 2018, it started going downhill. Before that, people were begging for you to take their freight. Their freight wasn't getting delivered. There was that much freight in the country. And you blink your eye, boom, it turns around like that. And then next thing you know, you got people gouging. Mm-hmm. That's just... That's a little bit. There should be some kind of a rule to where you don't, you you're, you're not you're not making people almost go out of business. That's that's all I'm saying. And there's probably brokers going, "F you! If you were a broker, you'd want to make that kind of money." I would have a conscience. No, when you- I would have a conscience. I would. I could not. I could not book a load. I'll give you an example. I couldn't book a load for say a thousand miles, and if I was getting say two thirty a mile from the shipper, and offer a trucking company a dollar ten. Or a dollar twenty, where I'm going to make more than the trucking company itself for doing the work. I would have a conscience with that. I I probably couldn't be a broker. Okay, 
So I found an article. What'd you get? What'd you get? Oh, actually, I'm irritated over reading it right now. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Okay. So I got it off of Trucker's Report. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it was just this past week. And it says, mm-hmm. head of broker group says truckers can blame themselves for low rates, not brokers. You know, th- why are they saying that the head of the broker... See, now this is a perfect example of somebody defending the the gigantic slaughter of money they're taking. Well, I'm going to read it. Go ahead. Why I'm going to read it. Why are they blaming the trucking companies? Well, I'm going to read it exactly as it's written. Go so ahead. it says, as freight rates have been plummeting in many sectors of the trucking industry during the COVID-19 pandemic, some truckers and carriers have been blaming brokers. On Wednesday, the CEO of the largest trade association representing freight brokers posted a video responding to critics calling them snake oil salesmen and saying that carriers are to blame for low low freight rates. Protests have popped up around the country over low truck rates. In the past week alone, truckers in California, Texas, and Arizona have held slow roll, roll protests calling for fair rates and accusing brokers of refusing to pay them at all. And while police have arrested truckers participating in the protest, truckers have also gotten authorities to agree to investigate their claims. Brokers don't seem too happy about that. Robert Voltman is president is the president and CEO of Transportation Intermediators Association. It's called TIA. The trade association claims to provide leadership and direction for the, in, for the third-party logistics industry. It also advocates on behalf of its members, speaking with one voice to shippers, carriers, government officials, and interna- international organizations. In an extraordinary move, Voltman posted a video on YouTube which denies that brokers are to blame for the low freight rates. Quotations, brokers don't set prices, the market does, unquote, said Voltman. Voltman also called the trucker's marketplace incredibly transparent and claimed that according to the, his association's own research, the average broker margin is about 16%. So who does set the going rate, asked Voltman. Like it or not, it's the motor carriers that accept it. If carriers don't accept a rate, both shippers and brokers will offer higher rates until the load is accepted. That's the free market economy. Voltman did not specify address specifically address allegations that brokers are flat out refusing to pay drivers, or did he respond to allegations of price fixing? Well, here's what I would say. He's talking like a man with a paper asshole. And I want to tell you, my buddy used to say that. How do you know what the hell that means? Blow a hole through it. Well, well, well he used to say that. He'd go, you know, you're talking like a man with a paper asshole. And I go, what the hell does that even mean? It's, it's Ronnie Sabitsky used to say that to all of us. He was just a whack job. But no, listen, let me just tell you. Yeah, well, you know, Ronnie, he's he's my buddy. (laughs) Now, I'm going to tell you why I say that. Because for him to say, it's because the truckers are accepting it, you want to know how much BS that was? I used to work for a trucking company in Indiana called Elderlight. And they, they, uh, now I was a driver for a long time, and they brought me in the office. They want, because we remember we were having a little girl, Hunter. And Mm -hmm. so I was going to get off the road, and they had me in there doing backhaul coordinating, right? Mm-hmm. And so I start working on the East Coast, and I start talking. Now, this was back in the day where, you know, you were getting good rates, okay? This was back in, like, the uh, mid-'90s, the late-'90s. And uh, so the freight going over to the East Coast, let's say, was a buck eighty, two bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Even two bucks. It was right around two bucks a mile going east, say, out of Chicago, but then the freight coming back off the East Coast, I'm talking to shippers. I'm literally talking to the shippers. And, and like this one lady confessed me. She said, look, she said, if you offer me less than 70 cents a mile, I'm not even. She said, I've got trucking companies coming in here offering me 50 cents a mile just because they can't get freight. She said, this is the problem. And it, it was the problem. If you offer a trucking company... 80 cent a mile freight, if it's barely going to pay for their fuel. You offer them 80 cent a mile freight, and they're in an area where freight is going to be less. Like, say, for the take for the East Coast, for example. Freight going into the East Coast is huge. Why? Because half of the United States lives in, in, in on the East Coast. You have, say, 350 million people in the United States. Probably 175 million live on the East Coast alone. That's why that's the biggest area freight goes to but the unfortunate problem is the industry in as big 
coming off and shipping all over to the other country off the East Coast. So for every uh, one for every one load that's coming off the East Coast, there's there's probably two to five trucks wanting that load. So when you get a broker that has a has a, a load coming off the East Coast, he's He's not. He, he's he's that guy's saying. Oh, all you gotta do is just refuse the load, and we'll offer more money. That's what he just said. Mm-hmm. He just said that. Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. There is no way. Oh, hey, let's refuse the load in 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 Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, when there's 500 other trucks. We'll take that. No, you're not gonna offer other money because what you're gonna do is you're gonna let that guy refuse the load, and then the next guy that's desperate is going to take it, and they know it. Now, look, I'm not here to accuse brokers or anybody. I'm just saying that statement was BS. The trucking companies are not what sets the rates. What sets the rates is, is the freight availability. I can tell you that right now. If, if, you have, if, you have an, if you're in an era where, there's, where you're lacking freight, and when you have a tariff war going on like you did or do, and, 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 and there's just an excessive amount of freight sitting in international waters, because nobody wants to pay billions in tariffs. So a lot of people didn't realize when they put the tariff, when they put tariffs, when they put those tariffs on China, it's the United States that had to pay those taxes because now we have to pay those extra taxes coming into the country. So what happened was everybody in 2018, at the end of 2018, it came to a halt. Do you remember you and I went to Webster? We should tell everybody what Webster even is. Webster is a wholesale market where you can, it's, it's a gigantic flea market in Webster, Florida. You and I used to buy T-shirts and socks there, Hanes and Nike, all that stuff, wholesale price. You'd go in there, you get a pack of 12, and it was like 4 bucks or 8 bucks. You remember that? Mm-hmm. It was like dirt cheap. Well, about a year and a half ago, or a year ago, you and I were at Webster, and we're walking around looking for T-shirts to buy, and we couldn't find one. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And we went up to the guy, and we went up to one of the guys that was, that was a wholesaler, and we said, hey, man, where the hell is all the, so- the socks and the T-shirts? And what did he say to us? We can't afford to get it. Right. We cannot afford to get T-shirts from from where it's being made. Why? Because of the of the tariffs. Now, I'm not here to to say whether the tariffs are right or wrong. I'm just saying that's what halted freight. That was one of the biggest. The freight just came to a stop. Instead of an abundance of freight, now all of a sudden you don't realize how quickly it can turn around. You mix that that those tariff wars, and then flat, fast forward to you know. The virus hitting it in the in the soft quarter, and 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 you have a nightmare on your hands. And then the only ones that have the freight are brokers that can go in because most shippers. Ruthen, here's another thing: most people don't realize this. Most shippers that ship a lot, if you can't guarantee them that you can pick up say 100 loads a week, they ain't wanting to sign with you. So therefore, a broker, if a broker has trucking companies in his back pocket. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. If, if if I'm a broker and I go to say, you know, uh, I don't know, pick a pick a, a, a shipper, Tyson Food, whoever. Right. Um, uh, McDonald's, anybody, somebody that ships a lot of stuff. If I can if I'm if I have trucking companies uh, in my back pocket, I can go in there and I can say I can guarantee you 100 loads a week. I can make sure that you're picked up it's because a small trucking company can't do that. I can't, you know, if you have 50 trucks, you can't guarantee that. So, therefore, brokers can get contracts very easy because of what they can guarantee, which I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with brokers. What I have a problem with is somebody trying to tell us that the rates are set by the trucking companies. It's set by the by freight availability. That's well, he, a key factor all the way. Well, here's the thing. They, they've already told, he already said that there's wiggle room, right? So, what he just said is... Hey, if you refuse, if the carrier is refusing to haul that freight, we we offer more, right? Yeah. So what they could be actually telling these shippers is, yeah, they don't they don't want to haul it for that. So we're gonna we're gonna charge you more because you know, but in return, give the driver the low the carrier either one the lower rate. Of course. Because they're getting more money in their pocket. Absolutely. Well, here's another thing I just pulled up on fleet owner. Dot com. It says, Brokery Beware, new apps aim to replace middleman. So right now they're coming out with, you know how they always have those broker boards or whatever, or, you know, different things like that. Yeah, it's funny you say that. There's a guy that's been e- that's been messaging Talk CDL. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and he's, it might be who you're about to read. This guy, is it a flat 8%? Uh-huh. Well, I just, I just was looking, this guy just sent me some stuff earlier 
Um, and he is trying to get this brokerage going to where it's a flat 8% across the board, meaning you would get to see the rates. You would get to see what Tyson is paying the broker or... Oh, it says or, that too on... Or, or, um, or what Walmart. But anyways, this guy's coming up with this app to where it's all transparent. It's 8% across the board. Trucking companies would then be able to make money. He just said 16%, which is double what this guy's even wanting to charge. Mm-hmm. I personally think... Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm going to get this guy's name. I can't get in there right now because I don't have my stuff. Uh, I might be able to. I guess this one's called Convoy. Well, yeah? And so what does it say what they're wanting to charge? Mm-mm. No, but I mean, it, well, it says Convoy is for free, but I don't know what the details are between it all. I mean, when you come up with any of these, it's all going to be little bits and pieces, and it has to be like people have to really understand what they're dealing with when it comes to apps. Well, here, I'm pulling um, this up right now. But there is also... What was I going to say? Baloney, I forgot what I was going to say then. Let's but. fix trucking. Here it is. This is a guy here. That's He says, I'm working on fixing trucking for drivers. He says, by creating a fully automated dispatching flat rate, 8%, no games brokerage, connecting drivers direct to the shipper and paying them as fast as we can, I'm in... Uh, he says, I'm a driver of 20 years now. I'm putting my whole life into building this for drivers. His name is Paul Colthart, C-O-L-T-H-A-R-P. And then he sent me a link earlier. It's called www.change.org forward slash fix trucking. And uh, he's got some kind of a petition going on. But now... Whether he gets the freight or not, see that's the other thing. In order to do this, you got to be able to get the freight. And you know what? Good for him if he can make it to where the working man's actually the one making the dollar, mm-hmm. and the trucking company too. Look, I believe the trucking company should make the money because they're the ones investing in the trucking company. You know, I have nothing but respect for trucking companies that are hardworking trucking. In fact, a lot of trucking companies, Ruth Ann, guess what they used to be? Truckers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know so many big trucking that are- companies that started off with a guy delivering eggs. You know what I mean? In his trailer, whatever the case is. So therefore, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to put the brokers down. I am trying to say though, look, if 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 this guy, what was his name, Volter or whatever his name is, if this guy's saying that, oh yeah, it's only a, up to a 16% margin, I would like to see all the books opened up. If you're going to claim. You're not making that much, then I would like to see. Would you like to see what they're making? If 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 you say a number, if you're going to whip out a number, then then we should be able to verify that number. Because if we if we look it up and all of a sudden it's now fifty percent, I'd like to say I thought you said it was sixteen percent. It's fifty percent here. Well, it's saying if you go on to Overdrive Online. There's an article on there where it says carriers right to review what the shipper paid for a brokered load. So evidently there are rights that you have to be able to find out exactly what was paid out total to see exactly if you're being gouged or not. So supposedly you can go and do it, but go on to overdriveonline.com and look for the article. It's called Carrier's Right to Review, and it was out on um, April 30th. So the, the carriers have a right to review what now? What the broker, what the shipper paid for a brokered load. So, so the carrier, what's this called again? So you're saying that there's a rule where the carrier it's, can actually find out what the shipper is paying the broker. It says the current market difficulties for owner operators with COVID-19 stalled to say the least are no secret. Blood continues to boil over brokered freight rates from a variety of quarters. Then it goes on to say about a person that asked a question. It says one answer would course, one answer would of course be all of the above, but there's Another aspect to the question, the power to determine whether a whether a you're being treated right by a broker on a load-to-load basis is held by guess who? That's you, assuming you haven't signed away the right by agreeing to a contract in which you, are, you waived it. So you have to make sure that you fall within these guidelines where you're not, you know, like when you signed so a contract with si- a broker, you got to make sure that you didn't sign off that right, that but you don't get the choice. But here's the problem with all that. Let's say you're you're going on the DAT, 
Or you know what I mean? Or you're getting on get loaded, whatever the case is, right? It's last minute crap. You might be getting off a broker you don't even know. So you're either signing something really fast because everybody knows that. Well, especially if, like for example, you're in Florida and there's a uh, there's something that you can grab. You gotta sign and get that load quickly. You don't have time to go. Well, I need to negotiate to make sure that you're not ripping me off, and I need to make sure that I'm gonna be able to look up the rates. And there's absolutely th- these guys got you over a barrel. I'm gonna tell you that right now. It's it's that down the wire to getting these loads for some of these guys. In fact, there's certain areas, if you don't get loaded by 8, 9 o'clock in the morning, you're sitting until the next dang day. It's saying here that you shouldn't, uh, a broker should never take more than 20%. It says here, it takes integrity to give and take instead of always take. Uh, this person wrote, if you're not passing on cheap rates to your customers and keeping your margins close to 20%, you won't be in a freight broker long. So they're saying that if someone's charging more than then that they they really should only be taking twenty percent that they're not a well I've I've talked one. to some small companies and I've talked to some drivers lately and from what they're saying it's way over twenty percent what they're taking I this is what no this is what this is what I'm being told okay again I'm just going on what I've been told I'm not pointing any any companies out I'm not pointing fingers and accusing I'm just saying a lot of times where there's smoke there's fire and it's across the board everybody's complaining about it. And I don't, if, if here's what I would say, if all these brokerages are being accused of it, why aren't they opening their books and going, look, look, we're only taking 15%. Look, we're only taking 19%. It does does say here, the broker margin transparency federal law. So it says here it's in, it's spelled out in 49 Code of Federal Regulations, Part 371.3. It says, a broker shall keep a record of each transaction for purposes of this section. Brokers may keep master list of consignors and the address and reg- registration number of the carrier. Rather than repeating this information for each transaction, the record shall show the name and address of the consignor, the name and address of registration number, the bill of lading or freight bill number, the amount of compensation received by the broker for the brokerage service performed in the name of the payer, a description of any non-brokerage service performed in connection with each shipment, the amount of any freight charges collected, and then... But it doesn't say what the shipper paid the broker. It just said what you received from the broker. The number C... Or letter C at the end, it says each party to a brokered transaction has the right to review the record of the transaction required to be kept by these rules. So you have the right as a carrier to find out what the broker was paid. Well, it, but it didn't. I, I, well, it didn't quite sound like it didn't quite sound like it said what the broker was paid. Read that part again. Does it say what the broker collected from the shipper? Well, it says it up further in A. Go ahead, say it, it says in A. It says the bill of lading, the bill of lading, or freight bill number, the amount of compensation received by the broker by for the brokerage service performed. And the name of the payer, which would be the shipper. Okay, but that doesn't say what the shipper paid the broker. That said the, the compensation received by the broker. Uh, I, I didn't finish reading any of them, so let's, I'm ahead. not sure. A description of any non-brokerage, the amount of any freight charges collected by the broker, and the date of payment Stop, to, to the carrier. Say that one again. The amount of what? Of any freight charges collected oh. by the broker oh, and the charges. date of the payment of the carrier. Then it says the broker shall keep all these records for a period of three years and that the everybody has a right to check and see that. Do so you, are you I've mean, got a question. You're reading it. Do you see something where it actually says what the broker is paid by the shipper also has to be on that on that record? Huh? Um, I, Repeat it. I, I I didn't focus completely on what you said. Okay, are you seeing in all that wording? Because I, I look, I'm I'm not the smartest guy in the world. Are you seeing anything in that wording where it's actually saying what the the broker is paid by the shipper is also kept record for the carrier to see? Do you, yes. What, what part did you read that says that? Well, it says here the broker shall um, what the broker was paid by the shipper. Yeah, that's what this is. It says each party to be a brokered transaction has a right to review the record of the transaction, but right before that it says. 
Hold on, I gotta go back up to it. Yeah, because I don't think you said you said something about what was the amount. No, it's it's a um, part A number four. The amount of compensation received by the broker for the brokerage service performed and the name of the payer, which would be payer, the shipper, and the broker. So it's so saying the, right there. Say it again. The amount. The amount of compensation received by the broker for the brokerage service performed. And the name of the payer. Okay, so okay, so I, again, see, I'm, I'm being a stupid ass. So, so that does sound like they're saying the money the broker collected, mm-hmm. the, the the compensation received by the broker. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking it's you were saying what somebody was receiving from the broker. Okay, yeah. so you're saying the compensation that the broker took in from that shipper mm-hmm. has to be kept on record. Three okay, years. and how do you request to see that as, as a carrier? See, my question is this. If this guy's making a video and all the brokers are saying, no, we're not ripping people off, then why don't they just open their books and say, look, we're showing you right here. We collected $1,000 and we paid you guys 900 of it. We, we only collected, we, we, we collected 10%. Or we well, co- if they're a legitimate law-abiding broker that has, you know, they would be keeping all this because they have to per the... I understand that. And let me just say this. I want to cut you off because i got to tell you, say one thing. The one thing that we got to keep in mind, after all this is said and done, I know you read a, a, a message from another broker where you said, if you go more than 20%, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, but there is nothing in there that says that they're limited to a certain percent, is there? There's nothing in there that says... I don't see anything here, no. So, again, you you know, we can play, we can call foul all we want, uh, but, you know, the bottom line is the broker has the freight. He's the guy that can make the percent he wants. Do I think it's wrong if he's keeping uh, a, a certain amount? Yes, I do. I really think it's unethical. I think it's. I think you should have a conscience uh, if you're the guy. Just because you landed the contract and you you can go into a, a shipper and say, "Oh, we guarantee you 100 loads a week." Okay, I get that. That's cool. But but you know what? If you're doing 100 loads a week, you're making a lot of money for a guy that doesn't own any damn trucks. You know, let the trucking company get their beak wet. I'm telling you, here's the other thing that, sh- that the, you brokers should know. And this is the truth. And in trucking, Ruth Ann, you know what I'm, what I'm about to say. What goes around comes around. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, it is like a roller coaster. And you brokers, it's going to be brutal. Mm-hmm. When the freight comes back, Lord willing, when the freight comes back and these trucking companies can go right to the shipper now to themselves, okay, and, or they can go to another shipper, because they don't need your freight, and you're begging, you're begging them, okay, to haul your freight. I can assure you, especially you smaller brokers that are trying to shove it into the trucking company's butts, right. you are guaranteed to lose your ass when freight comes back. And they and and look, there's ten loads, there's there's ten loads and only two trucks, and and the trucking companies now can take their pick, whoever the highest bidder is, and they're gonna, of course. Mm-hmm. But I can assure you, a lot of trucking companies have integrity. A lot of them are ex-truckers, and some of them are very stubborn, and, and, and they're not going to forget certain brokers. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is you might want to be kind to each other, okay, because you know it's going to come back around. That's I'm telling you, and I know a lot of brokers listen to our show, too. So I'm just giving you guys advice, no, and if I you're agree. one of the sleazy ones. You're not going to be in business long if you're sleazy, period, because you don't get anywhere with that make quick. Well, Make money quick schemes like that. They always fall. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, this it's what's funny. You're right about that, Ruthann. Th- there's so many different industries, and the ones that are sleazy and doing it the wrong way never make it anyways. They don't no. usually have good man- they money don't. management. They're just terribly, and they treat their own people like shit. But In they, fact, the one broker this guy was talking about, you know, he said that one of their agents literally he was emailing back and forth to him. From this big brokerage saying, yes, we do rip truckers off. And yes, we're taught to beat the trucker down, beat the trucks down. And, and he said, I feel really bad. It, it kills me when I see what's going on. And he was, he was asked to stay, remain anonymous. Of course, because he, his, he'd get fired by the broker for, mm-hmm. for, you go, for, for you standing up and going, yes, we are ripping these guys off. I mean, that came from an agent. Again, I'm not mentioning broker names. All I'm saying is, this is what I've been hearing, and it yeah. don't sound good. No, it don't. But you know, you got to understand what you're doing. You know, you got to look at it just unethical. I mean, so many people, 
they always like to quote the, the different things. Do unto others as you would want done or something to that effect of, hey, you wouldn't want to do that because you wouldn't want it done to you. The bottom line is, if you want to be a sleazebag and rip off your fellow human American... Pretend they don't care about that. Well, that's why they're sleazy. Okay. But what I'm trying to point out is, it's always going to come back to you. Your little glass house will be broken one day. All right. You're getting emotional. Um, well, I'm going to give you the this uh, federal regulation again. It's... Um, it's 49 Code of Federal Regulations Part 371.3. And it's A and B. Send it to me and I'll a, put B it and C. I'll put it in the write-up. Well, this right. Because I'll, of the podcast. Well, I'll, I will. I'll copy this part of it out because this I pulled off of over, Overdrive. Okay. So I'll pull this part here. Perfecto. Because they have it copied. Perfecto. Awesome. Awesome. Awesomeness. Awesomeness. Awesome sauce. Okay, well there it is. Um, let's get out. Let's get off the broker thing. You got the word of the day. Let's switch I to something more pleasant. Do I do? I actually my. Hold on, I'm gonna put in this uh, broker. I had pulled up a, a a word of the day, and I was looking at it and like, wow, I would have never, ever, ever ever thought that would be a word or not that it wasn't a word that it did you just send me something i did. did okay that's not what i was looking at not exoplanet man did i move it i hate when i do that you're like in your own little world over there i Come am on, get out of it and get my, on the show. My, my word of the day i was reading it and i'm like oh that's so cool i would have never thought that was a word like that and when I was sitting there looking at it, now it just... I'm peeing my pants. Can you just get over... Shh. I know. What are you doing? Exoplanet. Do it again. Exoplanet. And what's it mean? It means a planet that orbits a star outside the solar system. An example is you will need an instrument much stronger than your backyard telescope to see an exoplanet. All right, there's the word of the day. That's the one that we all will probably use in our daily lives. I see. That's Except why I was trying to find a different one. <laughs> it doesn't really matter, honestly. You know, just do it what it is. Okay. okay. Are we done? Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.